Hello and welcome to Opportunity Odessa, the podcast of the Odessa Development Corporation where we hear about great things in Odessa, Texas and the work of economic development. And I am uh, really excited about the guest we have today. It's Dr. Ray Perryman who knows who has forgotten more about economic development than I will ever know. So I don't it's think just, that's true. <laughs> it's just an honor to have you on the on the uh, podcast today. And it's like I said, we're we're just going to talk. We're All just right, going to talk economic great. development. Of course, wow, what a time to be in Odessa, Texas. What time to be in Texas. But uh, just in general, the economy. Just I mean, I think I can just throw that out <laughs> yeah. and uh, let you go here for a minute. We are. We're very, we're very fortunate right now. I mean, the Texas economy has been doing very well for a number of years. And obviously our area is literally the epicenter of what I think is the biggest thing going on in the world economy right now. And that's the, the huge transformation in the energy industry. And I think it, it's going to bring some fundamental changes and challenges to us, but brings just a world of opportunities uh, for, for the community. And, you know, we're talking about the shale revolution and the supply and all those kinds of things that years ago we heard, we're out of oil. We're not yeah, going to have right. any more past a uh, past certain date. And now we're hearing... Who knows how much is out there? So I know you have some thoughts on that. Sure, and it is truly amazing. I mean, if you go back to 2008, which is really not that long ago. I mean, if you go back to 2008, we were producing 700,000 barrels a day. The peak back in the 70s was 2.2 million. We were down two-thirds. If we continued doing what we were doing, today we've run the numbers. Today we'd be producing around 400,000 barrels a day. And by 2025, it would be around 300 barrels a day. We were running out. We, we were running out. Literally, I mean, you know, as you well know, the, the pipelines that used to take Permian oil to the, to the Gulf Coast were taking gasoline back. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, had just, they weren't even counting on our oil at all. <clears throat> and today, uh, the, the, it turned around in 2009. We started producing more. By 2016, we were back up to that old record of 2.2 million. By 2018, we were at 3 million. Today, we're at 4.3 million. Mm. So instead of 400,000, we're at 4 million. You know, that's 10 times as much. Instead of being at 300,000 in 2025, we're going to be at six or seven or eight million, more than 20 times as much. It's just, it's, it's, it's truly an unbelievable thing. And it wasn't just the, the shale revolution obviously made it possible from a technological perspective, but there's been five or six other very important things that have happened as well to make this possible. And we've talked to you and I a little bit in some different meetings we've been at. We've, we've heard talk of the pipeline issue and the right. congestion and all of that and the uh, excess gas that we're flaring out here and trying to do that. All those kinds of things are starting to domino in place kind of a little bit, aren't they? Well, they, they are. You know, one of the nice things about markets is they work mm-hmm. and they create very big incentives for people to do things. And there's a lot of incentive to move this oil efficiently. As you know, there's a number of big pipelines uh, go into the Gulf Coast now under construction. And, uh, and there's even uh, you know, so a lot of very serious discussion right now that I'm involved in about the fact that, uh, that Mexico could use a lot of this energy and it'd be a lot faster to get it, get it through Presidio than it is through the Port of Houston even, so, so, so uh, our Port of Corpus Christi. So there's, there, there's a lot of very productive discussions going on and, and real, real dirt moving and real money uh, being invested to, to, uh, to make these things happen. But you know, it, it's changed everything. I mean, literally the ports are deepening and widening to handle the bigger uh, crude ships. The ones that are just too big to get in any port, the, the BLCCs, which literally stands for very large crude carrier, <laughs> <laughs> that, that carry two million barrels of oil in one mm-hmm. ship. There's a couple of islands off the, off the coast in, in Port of Houston, Port of Corpus Christi, where they can anchor those boats, bring other boats out and fill them up and, and take off. Wow. That saves 39 cents a barrel in, in shipping cost. 
that's enough that these companies don't blink at investing half a billion dollars in those in developing those those facilities. I mean, it's, it's that it's it's huge. We can't get our arms around it. But it's storage. It's pipelines. It, it's it's the port. It's 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 something we haven't seen before. I mean, of all this new oil that's made the U.S. the number one oil producer in the world, of the new oil we've produced in the last five or six years, two thirds have come has come from the Permian Basin. It's it's beyond anything I've ever seen. Literally fueling the world. No question. And I and I think you know we uh, had a, had a guest on. Uh, earlier uh, in the week or so, and uh, talking about the uh, you know the drone issue in Saudi Arabia and right. the, that impact exactly. of that, and how we actually were not as uh, uh, it was not as a critical event as it could have been even well, five well, years let's, ago. Let's probably. drill down on that just a yeah. second. We could go back five years. Let's go back a, a bit further. Let's go back to 1973 for a minute. Okay. That was a bigger oil supply interruption than what the OPEC production cuts were back in 1973. Uh-huh. That started an eight-year massive U.S. recession with 55-mile-an-hour speed limits, daylight savings time, the oil export ban, and all those things taking place, gasoline lines, the whole thing. That It was a smaller interruption in oil supply than that. This time it caused a temporary blip in the, in the, in the <laughs> price. It's back within a couple of bucks of where it was already. And we just keep right on going. I mean, I mean, this this is world changing. I mean, it's it's very. I, I have the privilege of being around it all the time. You can tell I get excited uh-huh. about it. But but I, that's a very good illustration of, of just where we are, because it, it truly that would have been a cataclysmic event. Uh, certainly at that point in time, but even ten years ago, it would have been very very difficult to overcome. But now it's something that that there's so much supply in the world, that, and we're a big chunk of it, that that we can that we can roll with that. It gives us more flexibility. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and we're going to about this whole slowdown, this whole recession mm-hmm. thing that everybody, sure. the media wants to talk about sure. and, and doing. You know, I have a theory, and I'm way uh, a, a, a long ways away from being an economist, but you know, I, I believe it's more of a debt uh, issue mm-hmm. than a than a management issue than a, than obviously an industry issue. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It, it is at this point in time. It's it's a temporary thing. I don't know if we have enough time left for me to, to go into all the details behind it. The bottom line is, oil is a volatile commodity. And there's always going to be price fluctuations. And anybody in the right mind is going to drill more at 80 than they are at 50. I mean, that's just a fact of life. However, what has changed is you go back even three years and the place shut down at 70. Mm-hmm. And it happened three times in, 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 in nine years. I mean, the place would shut down at $70 a barrel. Okay, Today, they're making money below 50. So, yes, they'll drill more wells at 80 than they will at 50, but they keep right on drilling. I mean, the rig count right now is uh, in the Permian Basin is like 417, down from 480. The, the rig count in the United States two and a half years ago was less than that. Hmm. It, was four, it was 404. Uh, again, yes, it's going to fluctuate, but a slowdown is going to be just that, a slowdown and a relatively minor slowdown, not the type of boom and bust cycles we've seen out here for the past century or so. And the the uh, what they call duck wells drilled but uncompleted, and, right. and the number that I found it interesting. There's a lot of those wells out there. Absolutely. They are doing that sort of betting on the come or waiting on the future. Is that what they're doing there? Well, yeah, and what what's happened is again, it's such a big change. As you know, the majors had all left here; they, they weren't around anymore. <clears throat> they're all back. They're back with a vengeance. They've leased five hundred thousand, at least one case, a million acres out here. Mm. They've got they've got fifty, sixty, seventy year drilling plans, and yes, they're going to drill. Uh, pretty much c- constantly bring more of it online when the price is a little higher. Okay. But the idea is they, they now know, they know they have over a century of oil out here, or more than that perhaps. 
And they are looking at the world no longer in that, in that five or six year drilling cycle they used to. They're looking at drilling cycles that last decades. And again, these are just all the fundamental things happening behind the scenes that, that uh, a phrase that I've uttered a lot of times, it's kind of gotten some, some traction around here is, this is not your grandmother's oil boom. I'll go a step further. This is not even your big sister's oil boom because it's different than it was three years ago. <laughs> There's just so many parts of this and, it's, and it moves and it changes, I mean, literally daily. Uh, things in the industry changes, technology is changing every day, and those are having impacts. There, there's absolutely no question about that. And, and again, I don't know how much time we have, but there's, in addition to the fact that we started figuring out how to frack and, and expand it to horizontal drilling, that, you know, in addition to that, uh, and that, you know, that, and those were not new technologies. Halliburton was fracking in the 1940s. They were doing horizontal offshore in the 80s. I mean, the, it was putting them together, figuring out how to do them onshore, making them economically feasible. That was the big thing. That was that was the catalyst that got us started. Let us actually, for years, we knew there was a whole lot of oil here that had just seeped out of rocks over millions of years. We figured out if we could get inside the rocks, there was a whole lot more. Mm. And that and that's so. Once you started looking for oil in the rocks, you discovered sure enough we had a lot, which is not surprising. You know, when, if you have a lot of oil outside the rocks, you probably had a lot of oil inside the rocks because they're very dense rocks and it takes a long time for it to get out of there. Yeah. And so that, you know, the, the discoveries, I mean, we went from, we've drilled, we've taken out something like 40 billion barrels from the Permian Basin in the last century. We probably have 175 billion right now we can go get. And mm. technology's going to get better all the time. They're going to find more of it. So discoveries are a big deal. Really weird things are a big deal. As you may know, the refineries spend a lot of money on refining for oil. And, and they spend it on, and they have these cracking towers, and it's a very precise formula. And it's be like, we need so much crude, Mayan crude, we need so much crude from Venezuela, we need so much of this kind of crude, that kind of crude. And, for, and of course, they'd all been retooled to do away with Permian crude, because we didn't, <coughs> we weren't around. Well, what's happened is, they, they started using a lot of West African crude, from Nigeria primarily. Permian crude's exactly the same. Same sulfur content, same viscosity, all that. So they've literally now substituted Permian crude for, uh, for uh, West African crude. Six years ago today, Nigeria was delivering a million barrels a day to the Port of Houston. Today it's zero. Wow. You know? and, and, of course, refiners are retooling now to use more Permian crude because they know they have it. It's a steady, stable supply now. So that's a big factor. Um, the world demand. These all these emerging countries in the world. And I know there's a little bit of economic slowdown right now in the world. That's one of the reasons why we're seeing a little bit of slowdown in oil. But over time, I mean, the world economy is going to grow at a three and a half, four percent rate. It has been for the last 30, 40 years. There's nothing indicating that's going to slow down on a long-term basis. Seventy-five percent of that growth comes in developing countries, not countries like the United States, Japan, Europe, but country, countries in East Asia, countries in South America, countries in the former Soviet states, uh, all over the world, these, these uh, Southern Africa, all of these places in the world. And what's, why that's important is they're in their economic industrial revolutions. They're, when they, when they, they're making stuff for the first time. And when you start making stuff, you use more energy. So it's an energy-intensive growth. And so it's going to be a huge growth in demand. Some technical things, we can obviously compress natural gas into a liquid now and ship it around the world, which has turned natural gas from a domestic market to, a, to an international market. That's happening very quickly. We already have ships leaving the port of Corpus Christi every day with that oil. Uh, the Panama Canal has gotten wider, so we can handle bigger ships going to Asia uh, th that way through the Gulf Coast. That, that, that's been a very important development. We've done away with that oil export ban, so we can now ship crude and not just refined products. That's a very big deal because all this oil is going to be exported. I mean, we, uh -huh. don't, we don't need it in the United States. We're going to export all of it. So, you know, all of these things have happened at once. But the single biggest thing that's happened in the last few years is this cost reduction. Hmm. Because that's what, that's, what makes it, uh, that's what makes it where prices at 
50 and you keep drilling as opposed to the process at 70 and you shut down. You know, it's a whole different world. And why that's so important to us here in Odessa and throughout the Permian Basin is what that means is folks can now kind of depend on they're going to have a fairly steady job in the, throughout their career in the energy industry. So instead of living in a man camp or a hotel, being away from their families and all that, over time they'll start to say, you know, we can move out here. And that's why the work you do is so important in economic development. It's why the schools are so important, developing the, the improving the schools, healthcare resources, infrastructure, all those things. That's why it's so important. And when there's a lot of great initiatives going on all over the basin, including one here that you're involved in and I'm involved in. And uh, but there's but but uh, it, it's a total change in the whole way we're going to look at ourselves going forward. Dr. Ray Perryman here talking about uh, the economy, economic development, the oil and gas industry. As you can tell, there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot of great things going on. Uh, we want to wrap this one up, but want to continue this conversation. want to remind you that you're listening to uh, Opportunity Odessa, the podcast for the Odessa Development Corporation. And you can follow us on Twitter, at Odessa Develop, and like us on Facebook, uh, Odessa Development Corporation. So thank you for being here with us for this segment. My pleasure.